You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 3, a podcast dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by supporting partners, One Day, TIS Insurance, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Learn more about this podcast at btgvoice.com. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas. We've got a great show on deck for you today on a topic about recruiting in senior living. We have Kimberly Varley. She's the senior corporate recruiter at Retirement Center Management out of Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Lucas and Josh, for having me today. So excited to have you. And I was really fortunate to be on a Zoom call for the uh, the Young Professionals Networking Happy Hour. And I got to hear some of your story. And as soon as we got off of that call, I reached out to Josh and Sarah and I was like, I just had a talk with a very energetic new person to the industry who comes from the hospitality side of the world and really has a great story. And I think it's something that our audience would really like to hear. And so with that short introduction, Give us some of your background and how you got involved in recruiting HR and hospitality. Yeah, so I'm Kimberly Varley. I'm a senior recruiter with RCM. And um, so all my career has been in hotels. And I went to the University of Houston, the Hilton College. And when I graduated, um, you know, there's really at that time, there were two career paths I could have chosen. It was either hotels or restaurants. And I knew I... 100% knew I did not want to go into restaurants. So I knew I wanted to take that hotel path. And uh, I had enough experience in hotels to know that, uh, you know, I didn't want the operations side. I didn't want to go front desk or food and beverage because I had worked in all those areas. And I really liked, I was always intrigued with what HR did. Um, You know, being able to select the people that come into the environment, um, into the workplace, being able to control, you know, maybe who isn't the right fit, training, culture, all of it. And I said, you know, I I think that's where I want to be. And um, so when I graduated, you know, there was, uh, you know, the companies at job fairs back then were, you know, the Fairmont, the Omni, the, you know, Starwood at the time. And uh, so I said, okay, this is a career path I have to take. I knew I knew I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I wanted to help people. That was the whole reason I got into hospitality is I wanted to serve others, uh, make a difference in people's lives. So, you know, I took that career path. I worked in uh, hotels for over 10 years, progressing in my HR career. And then I I think this past uh, past couple of years, I said, you know, what am I really passionate about HR? Because, you know, when you're HR manager, HR director, you do you do everything, you know, whether it's benefits, employee relations. And um, what I really always, you know, go towards is recruitment. That's what I'm passionate about is finding those right people for the establishment. And, uh, you know, I also felt like I needed a change in my career. It's maybe hotels wasn't for me anymore. And when retirement center management reached out to me, Um, about a recruiting position and learning more about senior living and understanding what senior living really is. Um, You know, I I felt like it was the perfect career path for me and it's been exciting. It's been exciting to see what I can bring to the table and what maybe we haven't done before that we're now doing uh, and what we're going to do in the future. What was your first response when you were recruited by the senior living industry or the nursing home industry? What was your first reaction? 
So, you know, I've worked in four or five diamond establishments, you know, from Fairmont, Omni to Mountain Shadows and Paradise Valley, you know, that when RCM reached out to me, I'm like, nursing homes? I'm not going to work in a nursing home. And uh, then I started looking up the company, doing research, um, you know, what do these establishments really look like? So you have independent living, assisted living, memory care, and, you know, getting a better understanding of, you know, it's like a cruise ship on land, you know, that's what one resident even told me one day, it's, uh, it's exciting, and it feels like a hotel, but in a senior living environment, you have a, you know, it's, operationally almost runs exactly like a hotel, except you have a clinical aspect, right? So, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting, because I think that, you know, thinking about what you just said, nursing homes, senior living, it doesn't always have the best uh, reputation or you don't think um, luxury. And when I start looking at like our brand new community, we opened last week, the village of Southampton, you normally don't associate this word, but it's sexy. It is similar to a lot of the communities that are hotels I worked with in previously there. It's sleek, modern. And that's exactly what this community is. I actually went to the community yesterday and walking through it, I was like, I could live here. Like, sign me up. Where do I sign up? And they were like, you were not old enough. And can you afford this? <laughs> so, um, but it's not what I imagined it was going to be. And it's even better. Well, it's so important. The point that you made about perception, uh, we talk about that so much. Um, and the perception you had of kind of clumping in senior living with nursing home and things like that. Um, it, it's often, you know, uh, just a, a wrong perception. And so I'm so glad that you pointed that out to our listeners um, who also maybe knew uh, to even considering senior living. That's a growing group of our listeners. And what you've kind of described is what we've often said senior living is, and it's kind of this perfect world of hospitality meets healthcare, right? And so your background and many people like you, it's exciting to me to have the emergence of that young, exciting new perspective to push our industry into the next generation of senior housing um, and this industry that we love. So I've got a question for you as as you kind of come in and you've gotten your feet wet, you've gotten very established and and you you're seeing what senior living has done and is doing from a recruitment standpoint, because you, you said you're very passionate about that side of it and attracting new talent to our industry. What are you seeing some of the things that we should be doing if, if you were to speak to the operators out there right now and people that are in your position without, I, I know you don't want to give away all your secret sauce, but pull back the veil a little bit and give some insight on what do you think we should be doing from a messaging and from a recruitment standpoint for those that need to join our industry? Well, I think a lot of it is uh, re-educating the population of what senior living is. So, you know, what I've done, you know, it's not just focusing on CNA classes or nursing, um, you know, people graduating, getting their, you know, LVN degree. It's, you know, going into some of these programs such as, you know, pathway programs that high schools are offering. So I think that high schools finally got smart and said, not everyone's going to college. Um, Or maybe that after you graduate high school, you don't have the luxury of going to a four-year school. 
So they've started doing more programs that are called CTE programs here in Texas or pathway programs where it could be culinary related. It could be clinical. They have all other types as well. They, some schools even have hospitality programs. So when you graduate high school, you have a skill set now, or there's one, um, one high school I was working with recently that when upon graduation of high school, I think they only have a couple classes left to take. They partner with the local college that they already graduate pretty much with their nursing degree. So imagine being 18, graduating high school, and now I can be an LVN at a community. So, um, you know, what we, we've really been doing is going into these high schools and getting them early, planting that seed early, whether they choose us or not, um, you know, at least re-educating them of what senior living is. Because I go in, I, you know, ask them, have you ever been to a senior living community? And, you know, just the responses I get from people, oh, I, I visited my grandma or grandpa. And when they start describing the community, I said, eh, it's not really what we are. You know, they, you know, and I ask them like, well, what was your experience in the community? And you hear, you hear all kinds of stuff from these kids. Uh, it, it, it's funny because they're like, it's dusty. There's old people. There's uh, it smells bad when you walk in. And then I start telling them about what our communities really are and show them the pictures of inside the communities. I show them real life pictures. I show them our carriage in Lake Jackson does uh, ice sculptures. The chef there actually does it in house. And, uh, you know, they're just really impressed. That's not what they imagined senior living was going to be. That's not what they, um, they experienced when they went into a community and we've gotten interns out of it. We've gotten volunteers. I just want to go over and help that maybe, um, the Christmas party that they're holding, or, you know, maybe with life enrichment activities. So it's re-educating. And even if they graduate high school and choose a different career path, I want to plant that seed early where they remember us. So maybe the career path they choose, maybe they go skilled nursing or hospital setting. And they say, it's not really for me. I want to be happy every day in what I do. And that's something I tell the kids when I go into the classroom, whatever path you take in life, do something you love. You know, it might not always pay the highest salary, um, but, you know, go into it doing what you love and you're never going to wake up having a bad, bad day at work. You're going to wake up saying, I love this. I'm excited to go to work today. Um, and it's more than a paycheck at that point. So, you know, that's a piece of advice I give the kids when I go in the classrooms, but uh, just re-educating them. And, you know, in colleges, we've been going in hospitality programs, such as like Texas Tech, the Hilton College, U of H. Now, U of H um, also has a satellite campus out in San Antonio. So we've started going out there to the Hilton College. And I mean, you have food and beverage managers going to school. You have, you know, executive chefs. You have, um, I want to be at activities or, you know, in their world, it's an event planner, but we have activities in our community. So I just have to, you know, show them how it translates into our world. And then, you know, sometimes it's reminding them eventually one day you're going to grow up and want a family and a work-life balance. And, you know, and I ask them, you know, usually in the classes, I say, you know, who in here are servers, bartenders, who's closing the restaurants at 2 a.m.? And I get those hands raised. I get, uh, you know, yeah, I work, you know, six days a week. I close the bar down at 2 a.m. By the time you close it down, do inventory, you don't get home till three, four o'clock in the morning. And then you turn around and do it again. And I, I let them know, hey, our residents eat by five, six o'clock. You're getting home at eight. You can see your significant other and put the kids to bed. You know, talk about a work-life balance. Um, and we, we've done, 
definitely gotten a lot of um, students that are intrigued by that. You know, they're thinking big picture, future, um, not just now in the moment. So we've we've hired a few, you know, individuals from Texas Tech, Hilton College, and some others that you know see that bigger picture and you know want more than. Um, maybe what they were thinking that they could have. I think you touch on such an important piece, obviously, that it's part of our mission statement, which is education. Um, you make it seem like super easy and conversational and, and give very practical ways. I think one of the maybe barriers mentally for, for so many people in our industry that are trying to recruit and attract great talent is maybe they just perceive that um, it's more difficult than what it is um, approaching the educational institutions, um, and even thinking, I think it's really important. So, so often our focus is probably on the college. I think you make a very interesting point of planting that seed even much earlier. And, um, I forgot how you just phrased that, but, um, basically talking about, Hey, maybe they're going to start a first career and they don't choose senior living and they go somewhere else, but then they come back to us. To, so to plant that seed, I think each one of us, even right now, started doing something else that we thought was what we really wanted to do and what we loved. And um, now we're here doing actually what we love and what we're passionate about. So I think those are really relevant points. So let me ask this with um, spinning off of your last part of your conversation. Our world has changed quite a bit. And for people in the restaurant business and the hotel business, it has been totally devastated. What is the opportunity that senior living has now as far as a recruitment effort for those folks? I'm going to be honest. We're, we're definitely still hiring, um, but it's been a roller coaster. And I'm sure some other communities are experiencing this as well. Um, I'm not going to say it's been a piece of cake, by any means, even with all these individuals being laid off or furloughed. So I think when everything happened, um, I quickly, you know, reached out to a lot of my hotel friends here in the area and said, we're hiring. If you have housekeepers, servers, send them my way. And literally, I don't think my phone would stop ringing in the morning all the way until like eight, nine o'clock at night. And then I'd have to put on silent. I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you're calling me that late, leave a voice I'll call you back in the morning. Um, because it was like all day long, I was getting, you know, whether it was a, a server calling me, a bartender, a housekeeper saying, you know, I live paycheck to paycheck. I have to provide for my family. I can't be without a job. And my GM just gave me your phone number and said that you're hiring. So I think being Houston based, we definitely have communities, you know, Austin, San Antonio, um, you know, Arkansas, Oklahoma, we have them all over, but we have so many more communities in Houston that I had more variety to work with. So if someone, if you've ever been to Houston, it takes an hour to get anywhere. So <laughs> um, I was able to find a community maybe close to them, even if it wasn't a full-time opportunity, part-time PRN to help them out. Um, you know, like I said, it's been a roller coaster. So all of that came in like right at the beginning. I, I would post a job, was getting hundreds of applications. Like I would post a front desk position and within a day have 120 applications for that one position. So, you know, at the beginning, we were getting lots of applications coming through. Um, we were placing a lot of individuals that, you know, needed a job immediately. Um, and then it kind of, it went like this. And uh, everyone started getting their unemployment checks. 
And then it was hard to compete with that. And we started as a company, we decided to do Hero Pay, which bumped everyone up, which uh, helped, but uh, it's hard to compete with uh, what some individuals I think were getting from unemployment. And then you have to think about, you know, if you were in that position and your hotel's now been shut down and you're saying to your, your hotel's now told you, you're going to be furloughed for 30 days. Now you get your unemployment check and you're saying, you know what, I could make it 30 days. You know, I could make it until the hotel reopens. And that's what we saw a lot of is we saw some individuals that said, you know, hey, I think I'm just going to wait it out. And I knew a lot of these people. Some some people did come work at our communities that I knew from previously working with them. And some just were very honest with me and said, you know, I thought about it. You know, it's just a month break. I'm going to take this month to really, you know, enjoy time with my family, you know, do some at home projects. And then the hotel reopened. So we saw that where it kind of dipped off um, with individuals looking for employment. And, uh, you know, and I, I ask the question when I go out to restaurants, because restaurants are reopening and I'm not much of a hermit, if you can tell. Um, I'm not good at staying home. So I definitely have been uh, going to restaurants. I talked to the server. I asked those questions. I went to a restaurant the other day and said, hey, when y'all reopened, how many individuals actually came back? And she goes, of 30 of us, six you know, and she goes, they're staying at home. They're kind of riding out and going to wait um, to see, you know, what happens. And, you know, I'm starting to see where things are picking back up. I think individuals are figuring out this isn't a 30 day pandemic. This isn't going to be a 60 day. It's going to be longer. So I've had my break. Now I'm going to start looking for employment again. So we, we've kind of seen a wave take effect. Um, but it's getting competitive again, because now restaurants and hotels are reopening. But like I keep reminding even our staff and our directors that um, hotels, their occupancy is still low. So let's say you have a housekeeper come to you and say, hey, my hotel just reopened. Um, they called me and said, I can come back. You know, hold on. You know, yes, we want you to go back. If you're, if you're happy there and want to be there, definitely go back. But would you like to stay on part-time with us? Would you like to stay on PRN? Because, you know, this week they might have high occupancy, but next week they probably won't. And I, I, I have a lot of friends in the industry. I have a lot of um, GM friends. And I ask those questions. What's your occupancy look like this week? And I have friends that say, hey, this week it was 30%, which maybe you need a couple extra housekeepers. But I'm like, well, what's next week look like? Well, it drops to 4%. So what are your housekeepers going to be doing? They're going to be without work. So that's why I keep reminding, like even our directors, is that if we have individuals leaving to go back to hotels or restaurants, um, you know, talk to them about that. Be honest with them that, you know, we're probably not going to see the travel industry bounce back for a little while, you know, and senior living's not going anywhere. It's a stable work environment. You know, we always are going to have seniors. They're always going to need a place to live. Um, you know, this is consistent work, you know, so they, I, I've been talking about this. So that way, hopefully we can retain some of the staff so they don't just right away go back to hotels because what's going to happen is they're going to go back and then this week's going to be busy and next week they're not going to have any work and they're going to be back to square one or they're going to be furloughed again or laid off. So, we, we've seen some waves take place. I don't know if you've heard this from other individuals or not. Yeah, yeah, I have. I think you're giving us a great um, a great insight, though. So I, I have another question for you as we're wrapping up our time here together. But as you um, 
have have been part of the hospitality industry that's come into senior living as you now are also talking with people in the hospitality industry recruiting them into our industry what are some things that the senior living industry kind of speaking to all operators are there things that we've got to do better in addition to educating from even it could be things like salary or benefits or how we're communicating um, the education, like what platforms we're using, like what do we need to be doing to up our game that we can learn from from the hospitality industry on how they've recruited their talent? Like how can how can we do better as an industry? So I will say that, um, you know, I, I think that the advantage that senior living has is really what I just mentioned a while ago is the stability you know, even during the last recession, senior living didn't take that hard of a hit compared to other, you know, industries. So you have that working on your side. Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, as I, as I'm getting into this and we're recruiting and, uh, you know, things that I think we could work on is I think hospitality does a really good job of, you know, recognizing when they have like they interview a person, how they see the potential in that person, kind of a diamond in a rough, you know, it's, I, I think about, you know, you go back thinking about maybe your first job, you know, what you did. And, uh, you know, I remember I'm like, I'm from a small town, not many options in my small town where to work. And I worked at like a dairy queen for five years because there, there weren't options. And I remember my first hotel, I'm still friends with food and beverage manager, the person that, you know, interviewed me, took a chance on me. She saw that diamond in the rough. They had to polish me up a little bit um, and teach me the ways. But uh, I think that's something that we can do a little bit better in senior living is identifying those people and providing them the, the mentoring and the guidance and the training to make them those senior living professionals. Um, and I have to I remind our team a lot of that is remember like where you started. Um, and because sometimes they come back to me and say, well, they don't have the experience I'm looking for. I really want someone that already has worked in senior living. I'm like, but do you really? Um, <laughs> uh, because what happens is we just keep rot- rotating between all the different um, companies that are out there. We just keep rotating the same people. Um, but what you need to do is, you know, look at the potential that someone has and bring them in and train them up. And, uh, and I, I remind them, Hey, remember y'all took a chance on me. And, uh, so I, I don't know if, uh, some, I'm sure other, some other companies have programs in place. That's something that we're definitely looking at, like, you know, manager and training programs. I think that hospitality does that really well to recruit those college kids. All those college kids really like that title manager and training or internship. Um, that's something that we definitely have in the plans for the future to really help with the recruitment aspect. Um, but uh, I think that that's something that we could, you know, improve upon is, you know, seeing the potential in people and training them. Oh, that's such great insight. And I would I would kind of classify that as um, hiring for the heart, you know, um, hiring for the heart. Uh, we have a mission driven industry. What an opportunity we have. If we're not leading the way and hiring for the heart, we should be. Um, so hospitality meets healthcare and hiring for the heart. That's my takeaway. Uh, a couple of them uh, today. Kim, what an awesome conversation with you. Thanks for spending time with us. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun.
Yeah, a lot of fun. Great to connect with you and a great uh, takeaway, Josh. That's probably going to be the title of this show is hiring for the, from the heart or for the heart. So great conversation, a lot of great wisdom here and um, just some tactical, uh, some practical ideas for people to put into effect right now as our world continues to change daily. Um, any final comments? Uh, you're dealing with a lot of people that have been working very hard for the last couple of months without very many, very much time off. A lot of heroes out there. Any final comments to the people on the front lines? I just want to thank you for what you do every day. I mean, I, I mean, we, we talk about this every day. We have daily calls with our teams and, you know, I get, I, I get very emotional <laughs> because I mean, they're, they're literally the heart. They're the, the front line for our residents, protecting them every day. And, you know, I, I admire what they do every day, the courage they have going in. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough some days. I'll, I, I mean, I'm sure y'all hear it from, you know, your, you know, your contacts and senior living. It's tough. And they, they literally, you know, have to be the person that's the, the face of the community, the face for the residents and ensure that we're keeping them safe and healthy. And, uh, you know, just thank you for what you do every day. I mean, we, we couldn't do it without them. That's great. Thank you so much. And uh, we res- that really resonates with us. And um, for everybody out there that's listening, we just want them to know that we believe in them and that we're sending our love and our prayers and our support. And we are committed to continuing to bring on great people like Kimberly Varley, a corporate recruiter at RCM out of Houston. Thank you for your time. We'll make sure that we connect with you and our show notes. And if anybody out there wants to know more, they can go to btgvoice.com. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap. For a full library of episodes, merchandise, and the 2020 conference tour schedule, visit btgvoice.com. Join the conversation on social media by following at btgvoice, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode.